0: When we look throughout history, we can see that time and time again, wherever there is oppression, one of the key things that happens is that people start to internalize that oppression and they begin to distrust their own voice, their own stories, their history, and the truth that they have to speak. They wonder if they really measure up against this invisible standard. And that is the cause of imposter thoughts, not anything wrong with you. And I've talked ad nauseum about dismantling imposter thoughts, including a few previous podcast episodes on the Campfire Circle. I'll drop them in the show notes, but I'm not going to stop talking about it because I have found that it is what prevents so many thoughtful and impactful people from getting visible, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. But the most effective and long-lasting way to build trust and community as an expertise-based small business is Honestly, it's to share that expertise. It's to share your stories and your truth publicly, imperfectly, loudly, and proudly. And so in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about a few specific flavors of how imposter thoughts can show up as you begin to build your thought leadership brand, along with actionable reframes that you can practice to have a different thought in the moment and begin to serve your people in a deeper way. And I've been thinking about this a lot, especially as I develop a new offer that's going to drop on June 7th. It's a slow study. It's a go at your own pace, deep dive into your own foundational personal brand message. It's an interactive love letter to yourself and your deeper why. It has the questions and the exercises that I go through with my one-on-one clients so they can establish clarity in their unique Thought leadership expression and stand out as they stand up for their mission. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get on the wait list. And I will send you the first episode of this audio course ahead of time for free. Trust me, you want to get on this list. Okay, let's get into it.
1: Three, two, one. Welcome to the Campfire Circle. I'm your host, Tanya Bhattacharya, and I empower purpose-driven women in building influential personal brands that drive change and raise revenue. We all talk about getting a seat at the table, but why though? Who wants to sit in a stuffy boardroom anyway? Let's reimagine the ultimate space of leadership as a campfire circle, where we share stories that inspire movements Build brave communities to huddle together with for warmth and where there is always room. Come sit with us.
0: So there's this great book that I read early in my career by Dr. Valerie Young, who is a go-to guide on imposter phenomenon and the co-founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute. So this book is called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. And in this book, she talks about five different types or flavors of how imposter thoughts can come up. And so these five flavors are the perfectionist, the natural genius, the expert, the rugged individualist, and superwoman or superman or superperson. And so more than one of these flavors can show up in any given moment, depending on what's going on. But knowing that this part or this energy is coming up in the moment can help you begin to come up with a new thought or a new way to approach that moment. So the most common one is probably perfectionist. So the thinking here when showing up on LinkedIn especially is, okay, every post has to be exemplary. I have to show up as this ideal, perfect expression of myself as a leader 100% of the time. And this is different than wanting to just do a good job because you're, you know, representing something bigger than you, whether it's a mission, a company, et cetera. That's all fine and well. We do want to do a good job. But when you find yourself feeling like you have to deliver a flawless LinkedIn Live or you won't post anything until you have the perfect verbiage or the right amount of batched content ready to go so that you know you can stay consistent or, you know, the list goes on. That's a setup for not only disappointment, but ongoing cyclical imposter thoughts, because it's actually a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're not fill in the blank enough, right? Smart enough, prolific enough, perfect enough. But listen, perfect is impossible. It's unrealistic and it's actually unhelpful, right? Perfect is unhelpful in this work. It's not relatable. People don't want perfect. People want to see our human side. And it's our humanity that attracts people to us, not a typo-free LinkedIn post with just the right emojis and just the right selfie. It's about how that post and our content and the ways that we show up make them feel. And it's about our ability to change hearts and minds. And none of that requires perfection. And perfectionism can be a bigger barrier than one might initially think because it literally stops you from moving ahead with the work. I think perfectionism and procrastination are like evil twins because we spend way more time than makes sense reviewing, tweaking a word here or there. Do we use the Oxford comma? Do we not use the Oxford comma? I think we should always use the Oxford comma, but you know, we just keep tweaking it until it is quote unquote perfect, which of course is unattainable because perfect is not real. What does perfect even look like? That idea of a perfect post can change moment to moment, right? So two researchers, I'm going to bring in the science here, two researchers coined a pattern. The researchers are Jarwan Sokolku and James Alexander. You can Google them, or I'll actually, I'll just put it in the show notes. They coined a pattern that was very familiar for me, and it's called the imposter cycle. So what this can look like is we work on a thought leadership task. Maybe it is batching our content. Or maybe it is finally updating our LinkedIn profile to read as a resource instead of as a resume. And then we get stuck in this hyper preparedness mode. We keep working on the thing until the words start to lose their meaning. The morning has bled into the evening and we're still working on the same task. And let's say we do get that thing done and we share it with the world. And let's say it does well. People engage, folks reach out. What might happen is that instead of internalizing it as a success or a job well done, thanks to our own competence, we start to tell ourselves that success was due to something outside of our skills and our abilities. Oh, the algorithm just happened to show it to a lot of people. Oh, a lot of people were online at that moment. So of course it did well. Like that's the imposter cycle. So of course the imposter feelings continue cyclically because we make it a self-fulfilling prophecy that we are not good enough just as we are. Yikes. So when I find this happening, which I do all the time, I like to use these reframes. So not everything requires 100%. We don't need an A+. It is okay to work in drafts showing up with love and positive intention is enough because the reader, the ideal client, the beloved human being that I'm trying to reach does not need me to be perfect. They need me to be me. And that's all I can give them. And that is enough. And showing up trying to reach perfectionism negatively impacts others, right? Like I don't expect my clients to be perfect. I don't need my mentees to be perfect. I don't need my spouse to be perfect. I don't need my dog to be perfect. I adore them all for who they are and for showing up and for doing their best. And then finally, done is always better than perfect. And we hear that a lot, but it really is, especially because everything is a test. So once we put something out there, that's when we can find out how people relate to it and tweak from there. If it never leaves your head, you're never gonna know how to improve it and turn it into what it's meant to be, right? So that's what I have to say about that. So the next one is natural genius. So the difference between a natural genius and a perfectionist is that the natural genius judges themselves on ease. And look, I'm all about ease. I'm all about building an easeful business and being lazy on LinkedIn. But that doesn't mean that we should expect ourselves to know how to do something without being taught or expect to get everything right on the first try. And so how this shows up for people working on building their thought leadership, especially on LinkedIn, can be like, well, if I was really meant to be this go-to guide, if I was really meant to be visible, it wouldn't be this hard to get the ideas out of my head and onto the page. Or if I were really competent, I would already have a ton of engagement on what I have to say instead of whatever is happening now. And so if something is not effortless and easy for you on the first try, the imposter thoughts can begin to activate. But here's the thing about that. Success always, 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 always takes time. There's no such thing as an overnight success. And something that I like to do to remind myself of that is find these super respected guides in their niche, these go-to people, and try to find their first couple of YouTube videos or LinkedIn posts or whatever, right? And sometimes you really have to search and scroll backwards for a long time, but it can be worth it. And sometimes creators will just throw it out, which I love. So Marcus Brownlee is a famous tech reviewer on YouTube. You might know who he is, probably do. And last year he posted this post that I just love. It was a screenshot from his first YouTube video, like 13 years ago. And I'm going to stick that tweet in the show notes so you can look at it as well. And you can immediately see the progression and how far he has come in every way. But what I really loved too was the comment section, because someone said, I would love to see you explain to your past self why this video has 4 million views in 2022. And Marcus says, yeah, I couldn't explain it because he would never believe it, right? And so if we didn't try and practice and struggle and flail, we would never bloom. Like we would never grow. It it would just be impossible. So natural genius, what if you could tell yourself that you are fully capable of growing into the leader that you are already becoming? Like it's already happening it's already happening. You just have to keep moving forward. So what about the expert? The third one is the expert. So this one's interesting because if you identify as the expert, your primary issue is needing to have all the knowledge and skill to truly feel competent or you feel like an imposter. And this one is really interesting in this work. This one comes up with a vengeance in this work of thought, leadership, and visibility because we are literally positioning ourselves as an expert, as a trusted voice, as a practiced guide in our space. And that doesn't mean we have to know everything. So what this might look like is you not fully showing up with your spiciest point of view, like your level 10 spice, because you're worried that someone's gonna call you out and you won't have the knowledge or expertise to back up your point. Or maybe in your LinkedIn profile, you are downplaying your expertise, even though you have the receipts because you're just like, nah, like you just feel like you're not really there yet, right? Or maybe you just did something really amazing, like you got published in Business Insider or you got this fabulous award that your peers voted you in and got you got this. And yet you're hesitating to share it publicly because someone somewhere, this like faceless, nebulous person being might show up and start questioning who the heck you are, if you really measure up, what will people say, you know? And listen, I'm not shaming anyone for this, by the way. This is such a natural response to living in a culture where we have oftentimes been forced to jump through hoops to prove our expertise, our credibility, our trustworthiness. When others are given the golden keys just by virtue of showing up male, pale, and stale, okay? And that's a whole different podcast episode, but I would just love you to know that it is impossible to know everything there is to know and you don't actually need to know everything. Instead, what's even better is building up a strong community of strategic partners and business besties so that you know who to go to to answer a question if you're unsure. So some reframes here could be, well, I can figure things out as I go. There are many paths to being an expert and lived experience is just as important as book smarts or degrees. There's no end to knowledge building. Even when I don't know something, I can still be confident in myself. It's okay to not have all the answers because I know I'll do what it takes to find them when the right questions are asked, right? I love that one. I know you'll do what it takes to find them when the right question is asked, right? So the fourth one is, I feel like it's similar. Like these are all similar, right? There's just little distinctions and nuances. But the fourth one is rugged individualist. And the distinction here for the rugged individualist is, okay, if I were really competent, I could do everything myself. The only achievements that count are the ones that I reached totally on my own. If I was part of a team doing this, like who cares? It diminishes the achievement. And if somebody compliments you, your go-to response is, oh, I had tons of help, you know, as if that downplays your own abilities. And this reminds me of the individualist idea that we are supposed to make it on our own without help, all while pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And this attachment to individualism and independence can make us forget that we're actually interdependent, like we are all in this together. And this thinking keeps us disconnected from our squad, from our village. And it makes us think that if we have to lean on someone else, we are not enough on our own. And again, I want to repeat, it is impossible to know everything there is to know by ourselves. And you don't actually need to know everything. I think true competence is knowing how to figure out how to get the job done and move the goalpost forward like with help from others. And so for example, I help my clients build their thought leadership on LinkedIn. Do I know everything about LinkedIn and their forever changing algorithm and their new features that they keep coming out with? No, I don't. I definitely don't. And I actually just finished up my first LinkedIn content sprint, which was so amazing, by the way. I got to live out my dreams of being a creative writing teacher. And sometimes the Slack channel was popping off with lots of excitement and questions about something adjacent to LinkedIn. podcast guesting, for example. And sometimes I'd find myself without a go-to practice to answer for some questions that came up. But guess what? It's all good because I have a community of experts in branding and visibility in all different ways and nuances who are about a spirit of abundance. So whenever I have a question, I know exactly where to go and I can bring back that expertise to the group which if you think about it, it's really a value add for the people that I serve. And it can be for your people too. So what if you could reframe your thinking from, I will never be able to do a good job without help to, oh my God, how awesome that I get to bring the depth of knowledge and expertise that lives in my community ecosystem to my clients and everybody wins as a result. If this is a big one for you, I would love to challenge you to do a LinkedIn post where you shout out and amplify like three to four big, like I want to put this in big air quotes, competitors. Knowing there's no such thing as a competitor, there's only collaborators and co-conspirators, and just shout them out to your people and just talk about how great they are and see what happens. And do that a few more times and see if this rugged individualism piece starts to fade over time as you see that you can rely on your community. And when you do that, it's you know it just. It makes everything stronger and better and more like deeply entrenched. It's a pretty cool thing. Build a strong campfire circle around you so you know where to go when you need help, need to refer out, or build some kind of a strategic collaboration team. Ask for what you need, right? Okay, so we've arrived at the last one and that is superwoman or superman or superperson. So the distinction here is that this person has to be juggling a bunch of things at once to feel confident. And from the perspective of building thought leadership and authority on LinkedIn, this can show up as biting off more than we should chew. And that can be like committing to posting every single day when we don't have the energetic capacity. By the way, posting every day is not necessary on LinkedIn at all. Maybe it's saying yes to all the invitations you get for coffee chats, all while you're managing a full client roster. You're always adding more to your plate to be enough. This can also show up in scope creep, Repeated scope creep from the clients that you do serve. Boundaries are beautiful, and yet I know that they are easier said than implemented, especially for our super people. So I think in the moment, you could ask yourself, okay, self, is this about doing enough or is this about being enough? Or if I say no to this request, might that create space for a more aligned yes that will actually move the needle for my brand or my business? So what do you think? Can you see yourself using these reframes? Can you think of a new reframe that works actually better for you? Or is there a different distinction or flavor of an imposter thought that has come up for you while you're working on your visibility and authority building? I would love to know, but I think no matter what, the commonality here is that these reframes are about changing our personal definition of competence for ourselves. And chances are we hold ourselves to a much higher standard than we do our peers or our competitors or definitely our loved ones. So, I mean, if you like think about a business bestie or a work wife or somebody that you voxer back and forth with, if you see them share something on LinkedIn with a little typo or a little incomplete thought, you don't lose any respect for her. It's like, there she's again, being a lovely human being, doing her thing. She's so great. Can you give yourself that same grace? Because the sooner we right-size our standards for ourselves, the sooner that our inner chaperone, however flavor they show up, will begin to ease their grip on us. And one of my favorite quotes by James Clear, I have a lot. I mean, really, it's a whole book, Atomic Habits. But one of my favorite quotes by him is, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. And so I would add, it's a vote for the world that you wish to build. And so each thought you create, each new thought you create makes a difference. It ripples out in ways that we can't immediately see or predict. So I would love to know how these reframes land with you and get your thoughts. Okay. I'll talk with you soon, friend. Thanks for listening.
1: What'd you think? Leave us a review on Apple podcasts or even better, reach out and let me know through lumosmarketing.co. Yes, that's Lumos as in the illumination spell from Harry Potter, because when you shine magical things happen. You can get social with me on LinkedIn. And of course, check out the show notes to stay in touch with our guests. Let's talk soon.